Yeah. Um, so I spent about the first 13 months not sleeping oh um, and always having to, you know, rock her, hold her, nurse her, all the things. Um, and at her one year check, I was basically like, listen, what else do I need to do to get this child to go to sleep? <laughs> um, like I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I've read all the books. I've, you know, done all the tricks, like nothing is helping me and I'm dying. Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diepender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. Cool. Hi, Chastity. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. Um, so everyone listening, and we have Chastity Van Pelt here with us today, and she is a nurse practitioner and also a pediatric sleep consultant. So we are going to be talking a little bit about children's sleep, sleep for the mamas, and also Chastity's personal experience um, that she had with sleep difficulties with her own children. So Chastity, before you hop into your experience, why don't you tell us a little, about, little bit about you? Who is Chastity? Um, so I guess first and foremost, I'm a mom um, to two little girls, Rona and Malia, um, and they literally just turned three and five um, a month apart. So oh, wow. that time flew by. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like my most fulfilling role. Um, but my background um, in terms of my career, I have been a board certified family nurse practitioner since 2008. Um, all of my experience has been in bone marrow transplant, okay. and I've worked in um, adult and pediatric bone marrow transplant, um, both in the outpatient setting and in the inpatient setting, which was a super um, fulfilling career um, prior to children. <laughs> yeah. um, and I am also a certified or sleep sense certified uh, consultant, sleep consultant, and I am the founder of Bliss pediatric sleep support, um, which is a business I created to help provide uh, sleep education, sleep support, and sleep training to families with children, um, newborn through age 12. So that's just a, a little bit about me and my medical background, I guess, in addition to my sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so Chastity and I went to school together. Um, we were both certified uh, sleep consultants. Um, it was really fun. Uh, and I know this is how I learned about you having difficulties with your own children. So I would love to hear about your um, experience with that because I know I had my own too. So it's just <laughs> yeah. like I love hearing about it because it just puts it out there that you're not alone because in that time yeah. it's so dark, you know, when you're not getting yeah. sleep and your child is not sleeping. So it's so yeah. nice to hear these stories and know that there's a way out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was probably a little bit fooled by my first daughter um, <laughs> because she was just a wonderful sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> right off um, the bat. She always slept. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the biggest thing with her was she wasn't really gaining that much weight. So I always had to wake her. I had to always wake her in the middle of the night through like month four. Okay. So that was kind of where I struggled um, in terms of that interrupted sleep mm -hmm. with her. But once I was able to not have to wake her for feeds, she did really well. Um, she needed little tips, you know, along the way that you read, like, oh, put the baby down awake, like all that mm -hmm. stuff worked for her. So when I found out I was pregnant, um, 
with my second daughter, I was really excited because I'm like, okay, she's a girl. I already had a girl. This is going to be like easy breezy. And um, she came out with a completely different personality, (laughs) (laughs) which is not uncommon as I talk to people, but it's not something that I was necessarily prepared for um, going into it. Um, And unfortunately, she really was not a good sleeper from the get-go. She always required a lot of rocking, bouncing, walking, was using pacifier. Mm. I tried a lot of the same tricks that I used on my daughter, Rona, and they would just not work. Um, I rented a snoo because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) a snoo. So it's like that, um, you know, the bassinet that like, um, moves, right. right. Um, it's pretty pricey, but we had a friend who, um, was getting rid of theirs actually. So we actually ended up buying it for like half price, but I was desperate. So I was like, whatever, if it's going to get my child to sleep, I'm going to do it. Um, so I spent about the first 13 months not sleeping, um, and always having to, you know, rock her, hold her, nurse her, all the things. Um, and at her one year check, I was basically like, listen, what else do I need to do to get this child to go to sleep? Right. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I've read all the books. I've, you know, done all the tricks. Like, nothing is helping me. And I'm dying. Right. Um, and my pediatrician was basically like, you know, just give it a little more time. And I was like okay, well, it's been 13 months and I'm not sure how much time I have left to give. Um, And I was like, well, what do you know about sleep consultants? And she said that she had um, some patients that claimed that they were really great, but she didn't have anyone she could refer me to. Mm -hmm. So that kind of led me into doing a deep dive into trying to find, you know, what sleep consultants have to to do to become certified and Mm -hmm. how do you find someone credible um, and through that research, I found a Sleep Sense certified consultant, um, and her name was Annie. And we had her first like consultation over the phone. And I remember I was just, I was so tired, and I was also so frustrated with like my journey. It was just so nice to tell somebody like mm-hmm. all the things because yeah. you know at the one year check, I'm trying to talk to the pediatrician in 15 minutes about all my concerns. Like right. she's not going to sit there and listen to my saga. of like sleep deprivation over a course of 13 months but Annie was very willing and and I was really grateful and I basically was like oh my god it all started when she was born and so I took her all the way back which in retrospect I'm like oh poor Annie um but I was so tired I was so tired and I was I was really needed someone to talk to um and so and so anyways fast forward I, I decided to work with Annie she came up with a customized sleep plan and Malia literally went from never having really slept through the night consistently to by night three, falling asleep independently and staying asleep all night. Mm-hmm. And I felt restored. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of really, it just actually, it taught me that like, there's a lot I didn't learn in my medical training about sleep mm-hmm. and sleep physiology and how, and that falling asleep is actually a skill. It's not something that we just inherently know how to do. Right. Um, and, you know, it kind of it showed me that, like, I, I, I wouldn't wish that experience on anybody, especially to wait that long before seeking help. Yeah. Um, and that kind of was the impetus to me wanting to um, create my business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy that you can sustain life with that yeah. little sleep. I, yeah. um, I was on one of the mom's Facebook groups the other day and a mom had posted that her daughter I think was 15 months old and um 
she was just it was so sad I felt so bad for her and of course I responded because she was like I feel like a failure you know my, yeah. even yeah. my mother thinks I'm doing something wrong that my daughter won't sleep yeah. and I'm like you are not a failure like you are not yeah. alone you know we all have been through this in some way of another even if it's if when your daughter or son is older you know some sure. we all go through different you know sleep seasons right you know yeah. sleep changes yeah. it's not always a straight line um absolutely even when you learn how to sleep so yeah. I think like anybody can really relate to that. Um, you know, if you're like my three nieces were all like angel baby sleepers, <laughs> like my brother was just yeah. so lucky. Um, yeah. But even at certain points, you know, when they're toddlers, they had difficulties. So it's yeah. like you're never alone, um, even mm-hmm. though it feels like you are, especially in that sleep deprivation. But yeah. you're not. Um, so I think that's just so great to hear that there is a solution. And I mean, I kind of made my way to being a sleep consultant in similar circumstances. Um, I mean, my daughter was, you know, gassy. I don't really know what it is. I, probably a lot of things. Sleep props, gassy, mm-hmm. all these things. And um, yeah. At the time, you know, this was like eight years ago. So there really weren't many methods out there besides like the Ferber method. And I didn't really want to do that. Right. You wanted it to be, you know, more gentle. Um, so I kind of made up my own. I guess it's the <laughs> entrepreneur in me, but I like, I took his yeah. method and made it my own a little more gentle. And she did, it was kind of insane how quickly she picked it up. Yes. I was like, wow, this, yeah. this three month old just played me like literally yeah. played me. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. So yeah, she was sleeping in like a couple nights through the night. Yeah. And, um, I mean, she had regressions here and there, but for the most part, she's been a really good sleeper since then. Um, but yeah. I think there's always solutions, even if you, you think they're not. And I think there's a lot yeah, of support absolutely. out there nowadays more than ever. Um, yeah. So that's that's really great. Now, I mean, so this brought you to your new business. Now, how do you love spreading the word about sleep and like education? Like, how do you get your knowledge out there to help others? So it's really interesting. Um, you know, one of the reasons I fell in love and stayed in bone marrow transplant so long was because I was drawn to the science and I felt like I was on like the cutting edge of medicine and I'm like, I can't believe they take someone else's, you know, entire immune system and blood system and put it in another person and cure their cancer. Um, And so when I had to take a step away from my career, I chose to, I shouldn't say I had to, I I made a conscious choice to um, be a full-time mom. I have always kind of wondered what I was going to find that would be as interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, As a family nurse practitioner, I can work in, you know, family practice office, pediatric office, I could do any of those things, but nothing um, really spoke to me. And I really wanted to find something that would be worth leaving my kids or taking time away from my kids for. Um, And when I stumbled upon sleep (laughs) through my own experience, and I saw, um, you know, I saw the sleep, I I really hate to say sleep training, because I don't think it's sleep training, but um, I really saw how sleep support changed my life. Yeah. I became so interested and then I started like digging into the physiology of sleep and I was just astounded that I didn't learn this as a nurse practitioner. Um, You know, we really often focus on health promoting and disease prevention behaviors and a lot of that is diet and exercise, but no one really gets into sleep. Um, And so as I've done my own just kind of personal investigation and going to the literature and looking at the data. um, That's what's really excited me is like the science of sleep and all the cool things that happen that during a time where we think our body's not doing anything. Right. Um, And it's really doing a lot of work. And so my kind of 
passion or what I've been really drawn to in terms of getting the word out there is just like really reaching out to the medical community mm-hmm. and going to pediatric offices. I mean, I went to my own office and I presented um, to the physicians and nurse practitioners there. Um, here in Virginia, where I live, I'm involved in the Virginia Council of Nurse Practitioners, and um, I go to their their meetings um, quite often. And I'm like, as soon as I started my business, I'm like, listen, this is what I'm doing. And did you guys know <laughs> all these things that happen during sleep? And they're like, oh my god, this is fascinating, you know. Yeah. So I found like uh, a new passion, which has been really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, my approach has really been just trying to. Um, educate families and my colleagues on on the physiological changes that happen during sleep and yes. and the importance of it because I think it's often looked at as just like if you get it oh you're lucky but like don't worry you don't need that much yeah. um, and I and I think that's just a cultural thing um, actually. yeah definitely like, you know I work more rest less um, right I don't know, you know where. I don't know where that came from, though. Like, why over so many years? I mean, I know, like, sleep research is relatively new. I mean, it's definitely getting Mm -hmm. more well-known, like, how important rest is, that it's not, you know, something that you can pick and choose to do. It's actually, like, a necessity. Your body Mm -hmm. needs it. Um, But I do think, like, in our society, especially in America, for some reason, like, you know, that sleep when you're dead thing is just... Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just ingrained in our brains and I don't, I don't understand it. And I think like you really have to get this, the good quality sleep to understand Mm -hmm. it. And then once you have that good quality sleep, you're like, wow, what difference this has made, you know, in my life. Or you have to become a parent and lose, you know, the sleep that you had to really like appreciate it for, for for what it is. But I think you're right. Like with people don't understand what actually happens during sleep. Mm -hmm. And I like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm just like a geek, but like, I love talking about it and I love tracking it. Um, I love seeing what my body is doing, you know, while it's sleeping. Um, I mean, I'm a health coach also, and I always recommend tracking your sleep because it's just so cool to see. It's like a little like inside health coach that you're like, Mm -hmm. you're looking and you're like, Oh, well, my body didn't get enough REM last night. And that's why my brain feels the way it does today. Or like my muscles are sore because I barely got any deep sleep because I only slept for five hours or whatnot. It just, it makes so much sense when you see the the data and the evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love that. And for children, you can't really do that. But it's also like you see it in their actions, right? Oh, do you find absolutely. that? It's like, oh, gosh. you know, a yeah. lot of people would be like, well, my child has meltdowns and behavior issues and, mm-hmm. and um, ADHD or like, you know, all these things. And it's like, well, how do they sleep? And then they yeah. start sleeping better and these things start to, you know, resolve or you see like yeah. a, an improvement in them. Yeah. Um, so I think children, like as important it is, as it is for adults and for children to sleep, I think you just see it in a little different way with children. Absolutely. Yeah. What are like the things that, so children sleep, obviously they're, they're growing. Like what are your top things that you tell parents, like why to prioritize sleep for children? Yeah, so I actually, I love to start off um, any of the um, consultations that I have with with parents when I'm presenting uh, the sleep plan. I always start with like sleep education because, um, I mean, that just goes back to any behavior change you're going to make, right? You want to know the why, you want to understand why you're doing that. Um, And when you're doing that with parents or you're doing that with people in general, you get more investment from them when they really understand why they're doing the things that they're doing. So. Um, a lot of the um, 
the beginning of my consultation focuses on that education. And I really try to hit home. There's data that shows us that when children are not sleeping well, it impairs their cognitive development. It impacts their mood regulation. It can contribute to attention and learning issues. Um, and then not to mention just the health benefit of restorative sleep. Um, it has a huge impact on metabolic and immune function. And so, and these are not things we're making up, right? The science shows yeah. us that this is what is happening. Right. Um, but I don't think that we hear that when we go to the pediatric office, right? With our newborn or yeah. our one-year-old or even our 10-year-old, you know, it's like, oh, how are they eating? We all get all these messages about, okay, like, don't do the processed foods and like, don't do this and don't do that. But no one says like, does your kid get enough rest? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they may, it may be like one question on the questionnaire, but I don't feel like it's really... There's no why behind it, right? It's like, oh, are they getting good sleep? Yeah, I think it, they're getting okay sleep, and then they move on. Yeah. Versus like, oh, well, did you know actually when they're sleeping, these are the things that are happening, yeah. um, and and this is what's impacted when they're not getting good rest. Um, right. So just that that education piece, I think, is super important. Um, and those are huge, huge things. I mean, my daughter had like my youngest ended up having. Um, we had to do PT because she was um, crawling, but she wasn't sitting up. And um, so it was a little backwards. So we ended yeah. up doing PT for her, starting PT at like nine months for her. Mm -hmm. um, and subsequently, she ended up needing speech therapy too for like a year and a half. And I always wonder what impact did her interrupted or disrupted sleep early in that first year have on, you know, some of her milestones? Yeah. Um, because we know that during sleep, um, your brain is making new um, connections. Those neural connections are being made um, and that's how they grow and develop. And so it's like when those, when that process is interrupted, what is the impact on their cognitive growth and their, and their physical growth? Um, and I mean, I don't have anything to say, like that's absolutely the reason why, you know, yeah. her, she had the struggles that she did, but she had them and she wasn't sleeping well. Um, and so um, I, I kind of feel like sleep is one of those things where, if you can do a couple of behavior modifications to change it, there's literally no side effect or negative consequence. So why not try it? Right. Um, it's kind of my approach to, to parents. Right. Yeah. I, um, I always see like so many of my clients. So the children after they start sleeping through the night will either mm -hmm. have a growth spurt they'll have teeth come in or they'll yeah. complete a, a really huge milestone, you know, crawling, mm -hmm. sitting up, pulling up on chair, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And that is after getting, you know, a full, full night of sleep. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's kind of funny because parents are like, oh, well, they're up again. And I'm like, yeah, but why? You know, because like yeah. they're growing, you want them to grow, right? So that's yeah. just temporary. Yeah. And then they're going to sleep right. the night again. Um, yeah. But like that blows my mind. Like you yeah. just got your child to sleep. They got good quality sleep, not just like the mm -hmm. hours, they got good quality sleep, like that nice right. long stretch of deep sleep in the, in the beginning of the night. And right. their growth hormone was able to release itself correctly. Mm -hmm. Their teeth were yeah. able to come through. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's mind blowing. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, if you can do that just by correcting a couple of behaviors, um, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they don't have sleep skills and they do need to learn them. But even that, I mean, kids pick this stuff up so quickly. It's so fast. It is, yeah. It's so, so fast. fast. And it's just yeah. so, it's it's life-changing. I mean, like you said with yeah. your daughter, like that changed the trajectory of your life, right? Like, I mean, you yeah. were a sleep-deprived mom 
probably yeah. barely hanging on each day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. you were getting the sleep that you needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like, how do you, so sleep training is controversial, right? And like, yes. I agree with you. I don't really think it's sleep training. I mean, if this is a necessity that someone has to learn, it's just like, we're, you know, you're teaching your child a skill that they're going to have for the rest of their life. Um, yeah. Why, why is it controversial? Like, why do we? I think, I think there's just kind of a negative connotation associated with it. Um, I think we live in a society where, you know, we're always comparing um, and, you know, people kind of think, you know, well, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt my baby. And like, I want to be the best mom or like, I want to be the nice mom or the most successful mom or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like fall into the like, well, I don't want to do anything that's like, quote unquote, bad, but it's going to like hurt my kid. And because it's kind of a harsh term in my mind, like sleep training, like you train mm-hmm. dogs and animals to do yeah. things. And these are like, our babies um and you know we're trying to like cultivate and grow them so that's kind of why i don't i really dislike the word but um Mm. i think it automatically puts people into the mindset of cried out um or like extinction right where you just put the baby in the room and you leave and you let them cry and cry and cry until they just fall asleep um and i think when people hear sleep training they only think of that particular method um and it doesn't, it sounds kind of harsh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think sure. that's kind of why it why it has that kind of negative label, yeah. um, which is why I really try to shift when I'm working with parents, the perspective of like, this isn't like training. This is like education. Just as you have to teach your child how to eat solids, you have to teach them how to sleep independently. Yeah. Um, and I always tell them like, listen, you might not feel like you need to teach them, but the problem is, is like, whether you're making a conscious decision to give them sleep skills mm-hmm. or you're not, you're teaching them something. So if you're not making a conscious decision to learn to teach independent sleep skills, then you're just teaching them that the pacifier, the rocking, the nursing, the laying in bed with the toddler for like two hours before they fall asleep, like you are still teaching them something. Um, so you can either choose to teach them you know, independent skills um, that will get both of you guys better rest, or you can continue to teach them things that, you know, are less effective um, and frankly have have consequences. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially as a child gets older, you know, I mean, I think we think of sleep training and that word is like babies, but, um, you know, if you never teach your child those skills or let them learn those skills, um, then they could be a way older child. You know, we look at mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12 year olds, even adults that don't yes. actually know how to fall asleep without a certain prop. Um, right. And like we said before, it can affect their behavior. You see learning disabilities, you see lack of focus in school and, and poor yeah. grades and whatnot. So it does, it does come to that point. And I also think like as parents, you know, we have this, I don't know, thought in our head that we have to sacrifice ourselves and our sleep Mm -hmm. for our children. But it's like, how is that showing up better as a parent when you're exhausted and pretty much resentful to your child that they're not sleeping when it's actually not their fault that they're not sleeping? I know I felt like that with my daughter, you know, those first couple of months, because I... I don't know if I just had in my head that she just should know how to sleep um, Mm -hmm. or I didn't know the extent of what sleep depression really felt like. 
Yeah. Um, but it was like, you just, you get angry. You get to your point where you're so tired. You're like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Like, why are you not yeah. sleeping? You know, it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Like, so I, I either yeah. need to choose and make a diff, make a change. And, mm-hmm. um, again, it was more just like behavior. It was more my behavior, yeah. you know, than, yeah. than sure. the child, which usually it is more the parents than the child. Cause again, it's a baby mm-hmm. usually. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and it was life changing. Like I became such a better mom after yeah. I was getting, you know, we were both getting yeah. the rest that yeah. we needed. So, yeah. I mean, I would just love to change the narrative, you know, and just, you know, spread the word and awareness about sleep to parents, because I don't think it has to be that way. And again, like same with like adults being like, oh, you know, bragging, like, oh, I stayed up all night or I feel like it's yeah. the same thing with yeah. parents. It's like, oh, how much sleep did you get last night with that baby? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. almost like a totally like thing. A- yeah, it's like a badge of honor, right? You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, like, get two hours a night. Like, yeah. and I think, like you said, shifting the narrative. And, I mean, wouldn't it be so great if we could brag about, like, how rested we were? <laughs> right? But, again, I think that goes back to kind of a cultural uh, shift. And it's always, like, you know, your struggle is your success type of thing, which I think to a point can be. But sometimes we go too far the other way with wanting to make things harder on ourselves than they need to be because we want to show that we're like strong enough. Um, And I think the narrative for motherhood is like, listen, number one, like we're all going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And we all have struggles regardless of our um, background. I mean, I was always like super hard on myself because I'm like, I have all this knowledge. Like, why can't I figure this out for myself? Like, why can't I read these books and why aren't these tips working? Yeah. Um, and I just feel like, you know, no shame in, in not knowing everything. Like, we shouldn't be expected to as parents or as mothers to know every single thing. Um, I often said when I was training um, new nurse practitioners, like, it's not about what you know. And we know this in just the world. It's about who you know or what resource you know, right? So as long as you have the resources, as long as you know who to reach out to, you don't have to know everything. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the key with, with sleep. Like not every family needs, um, a sleep consultant. I didn't need a sleep consultant for my first, Mm -hmm. I would have loved some of the sleep education though. That really would have really helped me. Um, but you may hit a point where you do need some help and you shouldn't have to like spend sleepless nights trying to figure out how to do it. I was so exhausted. I couldn't even, (laughs) do more research like I so you know like sleep deprivation affects focus um I was you know I couldn't I didn't have that attention um left in me I felt like I had no gas in my tank to even do the research I needed to make any adjustments in you know my behavior or or her bedtime routine because I just was tapped out um and I didn't really realize how how deep my deficit was until I became more rested and I um, I knew in the moment when I was, you know, so far behind in sleep and I was so frustrated with her, I could feel myself becoming angry with her. And I thought to myself, then I had the whole guilt, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm mad at my own child. And she's like a year old. But I told my husband that night, like, I literally cannot do this anymore. I'm becoming yeah. a person that I do not want to be. Um, and I want to get back to You just gave me goosebumps. And... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like, exactly how I felt crazy. too. And I mean, I just, the two of us speaking this out loud, I'm sure there are many, many, many other moms yeah. out there feeling the same exact way. And that sucks. Not only are you not getting sleep, your child's not getting sleep, and then you feel guilty 
you know, yeah. about it the next day or right after. And it's like, who wants mm-hmm. to live like that? It's just not yeah. worth it. It's, it's no, not. not and all. it's, it's totally an attainable goal for, for any Absolutely. child to be able to. And sleep. I think that people, you know, they have no idea how quick the change can come. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think it's going to be like this hugely painful process. And I'm like trying to explain to parents, like, listen, it's a very, 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 very short term pain. If you even want to look at it like that for a long term yeah. pain, you know, yeah. um, I, I just couldn't believe how quickly my daughter turned around and, in, I've had the same experience with all of my um, clients so far. They're like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's like night three. And like, yeah, look at these great improvements, you know? Yep. Um, and they happen really quickly. And that's because kids are resilient. Yeah, um, they are. They're super resilient. They're super smart. They catch on. And, you know, I kind of feel like you can, like I said, you can make the choice to like consciously educate them or give them the guidance that they need. Or you can kind of unconsciously teach them for habits that yeah. um, really won't serve them. You yeah. know, later down the line. So yeah, for sure. One way or another, you have to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and I always, I always keep in my head too. I'm like, you might be doing a hard thing now, but like, think of all the hard things that you're gonna have to do in the future too. So this is really yeah. like you're helping yourself out for the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like education wise, I think if you educate, you know, prenatal moms, mm-hmm. and you know, you start doing these tiny little things when your baby is a newborn, and just giving them yeah. some opportunity to learn self soothing, you will never even have to do a yeah, type of quote yeah. unquote, you know, sleep training, you know, it will right, never even yeah. have to happen. So I feel yeah. like that education for new moms, whether it be coming from us, you know, going through OBs or midwives or whatnot, I think that's yeah. really huge and, you know, can just prevent a battle from happening where yeah. you are frustrated yeah. with your child and you're not sleeping. I'm not saying you're not going to yeah. have sleepless nights. Obviously kids have to eat, you know, no, that little, right. but if you're yeah. giving them the opportunity to learn these skills without ever yeah. having to go through, you know, a quote unquote sleep consultant type of mm-hmm. customized plan, um, yeah. you know, you just take a lot of the work out of it. It's just natural. They just yeah. naturally learn how to sleep. I think that are, um, I know when I was a new mom, you know, I never wanted my daughter to cry. Right. So we're Mm -hmm. never letting, I never let her cry. And I, Mm -hmm. I can't remember what book we read in school, but it was like one of the books. And she was like, a child crying is their voice. And if you mute this voice and you're always muting this voice, they never know how to speak and they don't know what to tell you. And I love that analogy of it because it's just like, that makes so much sense. They're just talking, yeah. right? I mean, they yeah. are telling us their needs. And if you learn mm-hmm. there's certain cries and whatnot, you know what to mm-hmm. look for and that they're not in pain. You know, they're just talking. And especially when you're doing a hard thing, they're going to tell you, right? I mean, I talk yeah. about it when I'm doing a hard thing. You know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, It just exactly. makes so much sense. Um, yeah. So I just love that and now it's really changed my perspective like I feel like people panic as soon as a baby cries and I'm like oh what are you saying you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> listen exactly. in and just see like what you're saying it sounds yeah. kind of crazy but like but... how no it's so true though and like how beneficial would that be for like a new parent I wish somebody would have told me and I mean maybe this is another um group of people that would be worthwhile reaching out to but like lactation consultants mm-hmm. right like I mean, my daughter also had trouble with um, feeding and her latch, and I felt like I was constantly nursing her, and I couldn't figure out. They're like, well, maybe she's not getting a good feed or a full feed, and she's not, you know, nursing long enough to get the high milk and yada, yada, yada. So I kept offering, um, you know, breast milk and offering her to nurse. And no one ever once said to me, like, maybe she's exhausted. Have you tried to put her down? And I'm like, oh, like, light bulb. Yeah, <laughs> in retrospect, saying, no as I've learned, I'm like, 
what do you mean? Like, okay, I'm not, and I, I want to make this clear. I would never say don't feed your child. We, but right. the baby needs to eat. But if you literally fed the baby, like within the last 30 to 45 minutes and they're like screaming, right. you know, maybe we don't jump to putting them back to the breast right away. Maybe we try to, you know, get them to drift off into sleep to see if they're exhausted. Yeah. Um, I had no idea about like wake windows. Oh my God. That any of that like stuff. Amazing. I'm like mind blown. Yes. I'm like, you know, you could yes. have changed my life. Like Seriously. perhaps had I, had I attached, you know, or, or used some of those, use some of that knowledge early on, I wouldn't have had 13 months of sleepless nights. Right. right. But I basically taught her that she just to keep eating, like you need, you know, yeah. you need to feed to sleep. I mean, because I think they were telling so, me she's hungry. So <laughs> I know I yeah. did that. I think that's the, I mean, whenever a baby cries, you instantly think, okay, they're hungry. hungry. But like yeah. you said, it's like we're overfeeding and then they have yeah. problems sleeping because we're not putting them down to sleep and then their belly is too full. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, wake windows are amazing. Um, you know, for everyone out there that doesn't know what a wake window is, it's when how much time your baby can tolerate being awake before they need to be go back to sleep. And especially when they're little, you know, it can be as short as a half an hour to 45 minutes. So, you know, if your baby is crying 30 to 45 minutes after feed, they're most likely tired. Tired, so yeah. looking yeah. up your child's wake window is life-changing for sure because oh you can gosh. start to yeah. – and you also start to notice their cries, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's 45 minutes and they're crying, that might be their tired cry, and you can really, like, tune in and be like, all right, this is what it sounds yeah. like for them when they're crying and they're tired. And I think a lot of times when a child cries in the night and they wake up and they need that prop, you know, go, to go back to sleep, it's their tired cry, right? They mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. think they need you, but they're just so exhausted and want to go back exactly. to sleep just like you when you go in and yeah. you're frustrated. <laughs> yeah, they want to go right. back to sleep just as much. True. So I think the yeah. wake windows really bring so much awareness to what your child is saying to you yeah. at that time yeah. if they cannot speak, you know, if they're that little and yeah. they can't speak. So that's And those are just like voice. such easy tips, right? That's right. nothing, you know, like that's just, it's just... I, I couldn't believe how simple it was. It doesn't yeah. have to be complicated. You yeah. know, it is really simple. And the other thing is like, you know, tired babies don't feed well. So you get into a cycle, right? Like if, if the child, if you're, if you're nursing or bottle feeding when they're tired, they're not taking full feeds because they're tired. <laughs> um, and they're literally not able to get a full feed. Well, then they're hungry. And then you just right. kind of are on this hamster wheel. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. all the stuff I wish I knew, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah lots of light bulbs went off um, when, yeah. I, when I learned that. Yeah. But now we're spreading the word through this. And yes. I just think like if people just keep talking about it and you keep spreading the word about even just a wake window, I mean, that would make a huge yeah. difference in people's lives. And yeah, just not, they're not always hungry. You got to kind of differentiate right. between yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, kids do eat a lot and I mean nursing is hard Absolutely. as it is but to know that yes. you don't have to feed them you know every 45 yeah. minutes um because yeah. yeah I felt like my whole life was nursing when my daughter yeah. was really little yeah. and it was like every half an hour I feel like I just finished and then she wanted to eat again but right yeah she was most likely tired and I didn't realize that until yeah. she learned how to sleep on her own and she could go for a nap you know without yeah being like looking for me to put her to sleep you know yeah yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I mean, I think a lot of times, too, with, like, children's sleep, like, we don't talk about how hard it is on the parents with their mental health. Um, and, yeah. I, like, you sharing your story just about how you couldn't even focus to go on the computer. And we mm -hmm. have parents out there going into their jobs, you know, right. every single day just yeah. so depleted. They're starting mm -hmm. off in a negative, you know. So it's, like, mm -hmm. a lot of this – we're doing, we're sacrificing it for our children to, you know, we think we're helping them, but we're actually not. And we're, we're kind of like 
you know, going back. Um, we're not making yeah. forward progression. Right. Like how, how would you describe it? Like, what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, the, and again, I'm just going to go back to like what the data shows. It's like, you know, when, when children are, um, aren't sleeping well, mothers or parents aren't sleeping well. And there's a, there's a link between, um, you know, disrupted sleep and maternal depression, mm-hmm. um, postpartum depression, um, all of those things. And, you know, we just don't really have, I don't feel like sleep, again, awareness. Um, we're not really driving home the fact that it really does impact um, mental health um, and how important it is and how restorative it is. I know for me, I kind of felt like I was in a fog. I was just like going through the motions. I had, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I definitely had postpartum anxiety. Um, I was constantly and probably, you know, related to my medical background. I was constantly looking and reading and researching. And I mean, imagine doing that for 13 months and then just like building a cumulative sleep debt. (laughs) By the 13th month, I was like tapped out and I was just like a shell of myself, right? I didn't even realize it. My husband travels um, a lot for work. He's gone um, for stretches at a time. So, I mean, it was really hard. And I think, you know, making some simple changes and getting the sleep that you need has a huge impact. And like we all know, I just told you at the beginning, my kids are three and five now. It feels like it was a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And I hate to look back and think that like, and or I'd hate for anyone to be who's in that newborn first year for that to all be clouded by sleep deprivation. Yeah. Like there's so many cool things that are happening with our babies at the, that time, like watching them go from like a helpless little, you know, infant into like a toddler like I remember that first year and you know the first birthday and I was like everyone's like oh my gosh you're gonna go back to work and I'm like what I just put in 12 months of hard work to get this baby from like you know not doing anything and just being like a little blob that I had to carry around to this little independent person I'm like if you think I'm gonna hand her off to somebody else to watch from like one from year one to year two you're wrong I was like no I'm gonna stay and I want to soak it up I want to it's such a small um it's such a short time in their lives it really is um, I was really just thinking like for anyone out there suffering for that to be for sleep deprivation to be like the main your main memory of that short time when there's so many cool changes to be a part of and to watch and grow. It's just like, it's heartbreaking. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I mean, I definitely think back of those first three months and I, I feel like I have so many regrets because like I was so tired. All I could focus on was how tired I was like how she was such a bad sleeper when really it was just I wasn't doing the right things to provide her with the right environment to sleep and I also had a really hard time nursing and um I do have a lactation consultant coming on the podcast because yeah that's that's just huge and I I feel like they're really blowing up lately like there's so much more in my area um and I just think there's so much more well known now especially like with sleeping pills sleep consultants as well you know both of us yeah. I feel like we have like a huge impact on moms whether it's yeah. like nursing help or or sleep and um yeah. yeah so those two things like I think took over my life in those first yeah. three months and I don't even like some of the things that my daughter did I mean I remember the first time she smiled and you know of course you yeah. have these joyous moments but I feel like yeah. it was a fog it was clouded yeah it was clouded yeah. yeah and I don't think it had to be that way um right. So, yeah, I agree. I just think if you can take that burden off of parents and 
yeah. it really is such a rewarding job. I hope you, I do you feel that way too? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. To see, yeah. And it, it's so rewarding to watch your child learn this like incredible skill too. Like one of yeah. my moms was like, I still can't believe it. Like I just stand there and, and watch her put herself to sleep and it's just so incredible yeah. to yeah. to watch. And yeah. it, it it really is. Like I just gave myself goosebumps because it's just yeah. such a cool natural thing that they are yeah. so capable of doing and we just have yeah. to give them the chance. We just need an opportunity. Yeah, um, just need that opportunity. And I and just like to backtrack really quick because I think I, I wanna just add this in in terms of what impact it has on moms, not just like moms, but dads too, mm-hmm. and the parental relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like disrupted sleep and you're not, you know, you're not getting that time together that you need. Um, sometimes you guys aren't even sleeping in the same bed yes, because say, yes. <laughs> um, oh, because one parent's with one child. Right. Yeah. And so just the impact that that has on your relationship, um, I think can be super significant, um, as well. So I wanted to make sure, for sure I said that too. I know my husband was really, um, he was amazed when we, when we did the sleep training quote, unquote. um, he, he was really shocked at how quickly it worked. And I think he saw, um, he felt helpless, you know, um, and he didn't know what to do to help me. Um, and when we met with Annie and she included him in the plan and he was the one who had to like start things off, yeah, like, I was gonna say, I love you know, he had a sense of like ownership, number one. Um, mm-hmm. and he was super excited because like after the first couple of nights she was doing, mm-hmm. you know, she was sleeping independently and he was part of that. And so he, he got that buy-in. Yeah. Um, and he, and now he's like, you know, he's my number one, um, sleep supporter like he's always like you know well we got to keep the girls on a schedule you know yeah. chaff has their schedule and his, their sleep is really important so you know so he's yeah. in it you know and I yeah. don't feel like it's me alone and I think that's another um that's been another rewarding thing I think working with families is seeing yeah. um I always try to um make sure I include both uh parents caregivers whoever's in the home um um, in on the process because if everyone's on the same page, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they've been great. shocked. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so good to include the partner, the dad. Um, I mean, I think it gives them a job too, since if they're not nursing, you know, I mean, right. if they are using formula, it's a little bit easier for the dad to be involved. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's also great for the mom to let them take control too. I think it's yeah. hard for us moms to let go. Like, I know my husband helped yeah. when we did the, you know, sleep work with my daughter and um the kids just respond so well to oh it. gosh um, yeah but it also like it it really gives the dads you know a purpose and get to know the little yeah. one too yeah. you know in the same way that the mom has already you know has that connection with the child so I think it's really yeah. big I definitely felt a great sense of relief I was like okay it's not just on me right? <laughs> when, you know I was like I had a so I had a third pressure. party telling him like you have got to do this and I was yeah. like it's not even me saying it like it's it's Annie right. <laughs> and she said you have to do it and he's like I'm all in so I mean yeah. it was it was really great and yeah. and for that matter like um you know grandparents I've had I had clients whose grand you know um the grandmother was a little you know, like, um, not buying into the plan, not believing that it was going to work. Um, and I've had them have a complete turnaround as well. Once they see, um, see how quickly the changes come. Um, Yeah. And I guess we should also say that like, you know, you don't need to have, um, a partner to do this work. Um, I had a mom, um, actually one of my clients was a seven year old and the mom was a widow. 
Um, and so we were dealing with the grief aspects um, in addition to the sleep. And, you know, they were completely successful and she did it on her own. So for anyone out there, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have um, a second person with you to accomplish the same goal. You can get relief yeah. the same way um, and, and, and it can still work. So I just yeah. wanted to make sure we, we covered that. Too. Yeah, I think that's great to include that because you're, yeah, you're totally right. You can definitely do it on your own. Um, I mean, what can you tell parents, you know, going through sleep difficulties right now, what are, would be your top tip? Um, I guess my top tip for most parents is like early bedtime. I think that's a really easy thing for everyone to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, bedtime somewhere between 7 and 8 at the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, for most kids, I'd say 5 and under is probably appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're kind of lost on where to start or what to do or what's one change you could make today, um, I would say early bedtime. Um, and I think, you know, part of the thing that people don't realize about sleep is, you know, a lot of what we do as sleep consultants is trying to um, take advantage of the, the windows of time when our bodies are ready to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't do that if you wait too late. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it's a big myth, like, you know, keep the child up longer and they'll go to sleep easier or they'll sleep yeah. later. Yeah. Um, that's a huge, huge misconception. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the complete sure. opposite. Um, I know my girls missed their naps this weekend because of birthday parties. And I said to one of my friends, well, you know, I'm just going to put them down like between 6.30 and 7. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, then they're going to be up. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Then they're actually going to sleep till their same wake time of yeah. like 7.30. Yeah. But they'll get, you know, the additional really rest that they from their nap. Clocks, yeah. 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 And they, yeah. they're tired. You know, yeah. they need that. that so. always backfired on me. And I love that because you know, nights where we had something going on and my daughter wouldn't get in bed until really late. And I'm like, oh, maybe she'll sleep mm-hmm. in. And then, nope, she's still up, you know, and it's like, because yeah. that's their biological clock and it's so right. strong that they still have yeah. to wake up then. And, you know, adults can have that too. You know, like I yeah. wake up without an alarm clock because I practice, you know, and it's like the yeah. same thing. You got to keep that routine, keep it consistent. Like you said, Absolutely. your husband's like, it's got to be chop, chop. Like these kids, yeah. like, you know, so we definitely yeah. prioritize even our trips around to sleep. Yeah, like, it's like, everything it's is legit. about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, um, I think that aspect of it, I know for some of my families, maybe a little bit overwhelming, like why does the focus, like everything revolves around the sleep? Like, you know, I've been trying to educate people that it's a short window of time where we really have to make that much consideration, right? Into sleeps and schedules. There will become a time where, you know, they can stay up for fireworks and do all the fun things of summer and family time. Um, but we do have to make some adjustments earlier on in their lives to, to get them on um, the right track. So it's not forever yeah. <laughs> that we're so tied to the sleep schedule, but we know that, right? Like if you compare yeah. the newborn period, like the first three months to like a three-year-old, you know, think mm-hmm. about how different life oh is. Oh my God. Yeah. It definitely um, has completely to be yeah, yeah, I mean, my daughter's yeah. almost eight now, and I mean, we stick to it pretty hardcore, but we were on vacation with a bunch of people, 18 people, mm-hmm. and she's with her cousins and whatnot, and, you know, they stayed up late a couple nights against mm-hmm. my better judgment, but whatever, you <laughs> yeah. know, you kind of have yeah. to go on the flow sometimes, right. and, you know, she said to me the next day, she's like, Mom, I, I'm okay. tired, yeah. and, like, I just don't, like, my head hurts, like, I'm just tired, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I know, honey, and it's okay. Like, but that's yeah. sometimes you need those moments, especially for yeah. a little bit older children, to be like, 
they're aware of it, right? They're like, yeah. wow, I feel so much better when I actually yeah. go to bed when mom thinks I should go to bed or, you know, because yeah. it's for a reason. Yeah. And you'll see as your daughters get older, they question it and they're like, why is yeah. everyone else still awake right now? And I'm yeah. know, going to bed or yeah. it's, it's yeah. right outside and I'm going to right. bed. And it's like, well, it's yeah. for a reason, you know, it's yeah. so you can, yeah. you know, do all these sports that, you know, you're really yeah. good at and, you know, yeah. focus in school and get the good grades. It's, yeah. it's really for all of that. So random yeah. nights here and there, you know, if you want to yeah. watch the fireworks, because I don't want to stay up that late. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it does you do can make exceptions as they get older. Absolutely. I, mean, I mean I think like 80 20 you know yeah. like 80 percent of the time as long as it's the majority of the time you're on schedule doing yeah. things the way that you you know are best for for you and your family and your dad 20 percent of the time like there's just things that are outside of our control we can't be mm. per- perfect and I think that idea of like perfectionism too is another thing we struggle with in motherhood oh, yeah. um and just wanting everything to be exactly the same all the time. And right. I mean, that has been a very humbling experience for me oh because God, I feel yeah. like every time you think you're on track with these kids, like there's something that comes up. I felt this way in the first year. I'd make a hurdle. You know, we were, okay, we're nursing good. We're doing this or we're doing that. And then I'd swear like the next week it'd be like something else. And I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> I thought I had it all figured out. And then they change, right? Yeah. And then they need their needs yeah. change. So I mean, unfortunately, um, I can tell you that never that goes doesn't away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've like accepted that. I pretty much thought like this is just the way it is, right? Right. But, but it's um, like it's a it's a big shift, right? Because yeah. you have such a little um, it's just for someone like me who I feel like I, I won't say like I'm a control freak per se, but I definitely like things to go a certain way and I'm um, you know, kind of like a by the book person. It's been motherhood has been a challenge in that way. Yeah. Um, I've had to kind of like learn to be more flexible, which is great, right? Yeah. I'm growing it's a as a person. Progress, it's a good so sure. Yeah, I mean too, so it's like it's always in the back of my mind, like, I'm like, all right, Megan, just go with the flow. Yeah. And it gets harder yeah. as they yeah. get older because they play sports and this stuff is right. late at night or school activities are late at yeah. night. Um, not late, yeah. but when we go to bed early, we wake up early. So we go to bed right. early. Um, so it does. And you do just kind of just you're like, all right, you know, if she misses, if we miss sleep tonight, we're going to make it up tomorrow. And right. I mean, it's never, like I said, sleep is not linear, right? I mean, our lives right. are not a straight line. No matter what you're mm-hmm. doing, there's going to be obstacles that happen, whether it's, you know, something stressful or challenging comes up in life or like something happens with your child they change like you said or you know they're evolving and growing it's just Mm -hmm. it's always something so we just have to be ready for it and know that we can tackle it I mean I always tell my parents that I'm working with that like you know as long as you know the foundation and the basics of sleep Mm -hmm. you can always revert back to that and help Absolutely. them get back to their, you yeah. know, their sleep yeah. routine that they had before. You might have yeah. to change some of the behavior around it, but yeah. they have their sleep skills. That's there. Yeah, and they'll and they and they will fall back on them quickly too. You know, right. it's like they're they're gonna fall back in line. They'll get back into their routine. Right. Right. All is not lost. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> um, why, like, I know a lot of people. Like, travel, yes. all this stuff. Yeah, illness. It's illness. Like, oh, well, they're yeah. in my bed for two nights. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, okay. you just have yeah. to get back into your routine, and and they right. will too. It might take a couple yeah. nights, but yeah, you can do it for sure. Yeah. So, where do you see your business going? You know, five to ten years from now, what are your hopes and goals? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, my my hope is that I'm you know connected with the pediatric offices in my area, maybe even doing um, you know office hours out of their um, practices, uh, yeah. similar to like a lactation consultant, um, because I really do believe that um, 
sleep is, is a necessity and it's a foundation um, that needs to be promoted, just like, um, you know, babies being fed, babies also need to sleep. And um, I think that really incorporating that into medical practice um, can really shift um, all of the um, downstream effects that we see um, as children age, especially as we're seeing, you know, an increase um, in behavioral issues, um, you know, the ADD, the ADHD, the autism. I was just talking to a pediatrician um, a few weeks ago, and she kind of is the physician in the practice that focuses on those behavioral issues uh, with, with children. And she flat out said, when I have my parents fill out the questionnaire, if I see that they have not, that they mark um, that their child's not sleeping well or they're not getting adequate rest, I won't even test them for any of these um, behavioral issues because that's how big of an impact sleep has. Um, and it really can cloud the picture. Um, and I don't think there's data out there to show that like sleep deprivation causes these things. Um, but we know that um, sleep deprivation contributes um, to, um, to the issue. And when these kids are getting their um, therapy or their support services, a well-rested child will do better in play therapy, will do better in, um, you know, those support services when they have the proper rest. Absolutely. So, so just getting that confirmation from her was, was um, enlightening. But so I hope that like, you know, five to 10 years from now, like, you know, sleep support is like a common, a common um, theme, which is already becoming more well-known, yeah. like you said, but yeah. I'd like for it to be more mainstream in the medical community yeah. um, as a health promoting behavior. And yeah. that's something that I haven't seen um, yet. Yeah, that I'd I, like to share. I think that'd be huge. Just like I said, if it, you start to hear about it from your midwife or your OB, you know, before exactly. you have a baby and just like kind mm -hmm. of that seed in your mind that this is important and, you know, you should definitely learn about it and prioritize that yeah. education. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, I'm so excited for you. Um, where can we find you, Chastity? What's your website? So um, you can find me online. My website is um, www.bliss, hyphen sleep.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, when you find these, we have to create these um, handles for your Facebook page. Uh, all the names are taken. And apparently, <laughs> Bliss is very common. Oh, no way, really? Yeah. So, um, so my Facebook uh, page is, you know, it's facebook.com backslash Bliss, but it's capital B-L-S-S. So it's without the I. Okay. Um, I'm going to link it sleep. all below. So it's okay. I'll, okay. You'll have yep. to and then I'm on Instagram at bliss okay. underscore sleep underscore support. So okay. um, you can find me on um, any of those three platforms. I'm running a July special for anyone that's listening or awesome. tunes into this. 15% um, yeah. off any um, sleep support package for a summer sale. So awesome. um, I'd love to help any families out there that need sleep support. Yeah. And where are you? You're out of Virginia, right? You're based yes, in Virginia. Yes. I'm, um, I'm in Ashburn, Virginia. So it's like 40 okay. minutes outside of DC. So cool. happy to help anyone in the area for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. And this information yeah. This was so fun. Amazing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. This was great. I'm really, um, really happy to be able to spread the word and I'm so excited for your podcast. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even love the play on words, the empowerhood. So yeah. I think that's so cool, right? Like normalizing 
motherhood um, yeah. and and kind of letting people know that they're not alone in, in all the different um, hurdles that we have to overcome. Yeah, I feel like we talked about 10 million just in this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's probably like 10 million more. <laughs> well, that's going to keep these topics going, right? I have a lot yeah, to talk yeah. about. But yeah, no, just content. knowing you're not alone, for sure. It's, yeah, it's so yeah. uplifting and encouraging to, yeah. to be able to continue to show up every day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Have a great Thanks day. So